2: and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Moson.
3: And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We have to talk about the border tonight, and we have to talk about this massive bill with some really nasty stuff in it. All that's coming up on I'm Right. We're going to get to the border talk. We're going to get to the talk and the spending bill nastiness. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff tonight. We have a great light in the mood for you, but we do have to do something right off the bat. You remember Millie and Austin and Mackenzie? they all got dragged before the Senate yesterday and they had to testify. Well, today it was the House's turn, and I'm not going to do a long thing on this, but credit where it's due matt gates this is a little longer than i normally play for you but it's worth playing all of it matt gates he let him have
4: it and he was right about all of it you know when when people in the military like lieutenant colonel Stuart scheller stand up and demand accountability when they say that you all screwed up when they point out that general milley's statement that the tali- you know that, that the government of afghanistan is not going to get defeated by the taliban well he ends up in the brig And you all end up in front of us and your former employer Raytheon ends up with a lot of money and we have poured cash and blood and credibility into a Ghani government that was a mirage. It fell immediately. And while the guy sitting next to you was off, you know, talking to Phil Rucker and was off doing his thing with Bob Woodward, we were buying into the big lie, the big lie that this that this was ever going to be successful and that we could ever rely on the Afghanistan government for anything at all. You know general Miller, you kind of gave up the game earlier when you said you wanted to address elements of your personal conduct that were in question we're not questioning your personal conduct we're questioning in your official capacity going and undermining the chain of command which is obviously what you did you've created this whole chain did not undermine the chain narrative. of command and yeah you did you absolutely Sorry. did and it did not well you know what You said yesterday that you weren't gonna resign when senators asked you this question. And I believe that you guys probably won't resign. You seem to be very happy failing up over there. But if we didn't have a president that was so addled, you all would be fired because that is what you deserve. You have let down the people who wear the uniform in my district and all around this country. And you're far more interested in what you're Perception is, and how people think about you in insider Washington books, than you care about winning. This time has is incapable expired. of doing. Mm.
3: And I have to be honest; it's, it's not often a politician makes me think on something, but it really got me thinking. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, but hearing Matt Gates say that it really got me thinking. <laughs> what a bunch of losers we have who lead our military. And how damaging is this? How damaging is this? Do you ever read any history? You ever watch any history documentaries or read any history? I'm sure you probably do. You watch my show, so I'm sure you probably have some level of interest in it. Go look at anything. Pick your conflict. Pick your country. It doesn't have to be ours. Every conflict, with all these big wars throughout history, when generals fail, the norm is they're fired, they resign sometimes depending on the nation depending on the period of time sometimes they're put on trial put on trial and executed sometimes not for a uh, 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 treason just for failure uh, suicide i'm uh, not that i want anybody in the world to commit suicide suicide not uncommon historically with generals who fail we just completed a 20 year disaster in afghanistan in fact we've had several disasters around the globe since vietnam When's the last time you remember a general apologizing, resigning, stepping up to the microphone and saying, Hey, that's on me. Can you even think of one? You you understand what that means, right? If we have a military that is led by a bunch of corrupt losers only interested in their next defense department board gig and the drivers they get and the fancy house and the nice retirement package, if they're only interested in looting this country and they have no honor or integrity left, well, it goes well beyond where we are right now. These are the same losers guiding and teaching the next generation of soon-to-be losers who will lead our military. I think the situation is more serious than you believe. All right, moving on from that. Well, Joe Biden lied about Afghanistan, but there is something he was telling the truth about. And I mean, he was very forward about it to his credit. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would in fact
0: make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you wanna flee
4: and you're fleeing oppression, you should come.
3: And they did. Again, they watch the debates. They watch when the president speaks. But there's something interesting happening out there. And this is good news, right? There's been enough bad news. It's been a rough eight, nine months. There's some good news out there right now. Joe Biden, his administration is a complete disaster. Now, I know that's not good news, right? Jesse, what are you talking about? He's the president. Now, listen, listen. There's this thing, as I'm sure you know, called political capital. No, it can't be measured in dollars and cents. But when you are elected president of the United States, this applies to Republicans and Democrats, you are granted more and more leeway based on how popular you are because that determines how many other politicians want to be associated with you. Who's the most popular Republican out there right now? By a mile. By a mile, it's Donald Trump, right? People are asking Donald Trump for his endorsement every day endorse me in my race for Congress, endorse me in my race for governor, endorse me in my race for senator. Why? Because he's so popular within the Republican Party that an endorsement from Donald Trump oftentimes means you win your primary like that. People want to be associated with Donald Trump and the Republican Party. What you're seeing right now from the Biden administration is this. They have been mired in scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal, all self-imposed, right? All self-imposed. You and I have been screaming about it. Ah, this whole thing sucks. And it does. But the honeymoon phase is over, and Joe Biden appears to be out, completely out of political capital. When does that happen? That happens when the people within your own party no longer want to be associated with you. You're a Democrat congressman and a purple district out there could go either way. You're staring at the midterms coming a little over a year away and you know you're about to go from congressman to assistant manager at Walgreens. You don't want the president with 40% approval rating on your side. You don't want to suck up to him. And this applies to more than just sitting congressmen and senators, even established people well-established people who like to maintain their, their stature in the party, they're pulling away. Barack Obama just did an interview with ABC. said, and I quote, We have borders. The idea that we can just have open borders is something that, as a practical matter, is unsustainable. <clears throat> now, I know what you're probably thinking right now. Jesse, why don't you just play his words? I'd like to hear him say it. It's funny you brought that up. I'd like to hear him say it, too. ABC, they never aired those comments. So setting that aside with ABC, it tells you a lot. Barack Obama stepping up and saying something. And Barack Obama, as much as you may hate him, and I do despise him, he's no dummy. Barack Obama didn't accidentally say this. This is one of those, ooh, yeah, I'm not associated with that policy type moves. This is one of those stiff arm moves. Jen Saki was asked about it.
1: Does President Biden agree with President Obama that open borders is unsustainable? We don't have open borders. So, yes, he agrees. Mm-hmm.
3: We don't have open borders. You see how testy she gets? And look, they know, we know they're lying about the open border. We know they are. We just, I mean, we just had, setting aside all the people from Central and South America who flooded into this country, and that number's over a million, we just had 14,000 Haitians amassed on our border, and then everyone woke up one day and they were gone. And we asked the DHS secretary about it, and he said, oh yeah, they're in here. Now we just brought them all in. That's the definition of an open border. People can amass on your border, and then just waltz right into your country. And we know what this is about. The left wants to turn these people into votes. This has nothing to do with being humanitarian, remember? Anybody who enables illegal immigration on this scale, the reality is they're enabling slavery, child sex trafficking, drug trafficking. Anyone who enables illegal immigration is enabling these things. But Democrats don't care. You see, they have... Breitbart is reporting they're working on a plan B that would give amnesty to illegal aliens who entered the United States before 2010. This would give nearly 7 million illegals green cards. Oh, and wait, wait, wait. You didn't think that was all, right? You didn't think Democrats were just going to look at their bad poll numbers and Joe Biden was and they were just going to go quietly into the night. Oh, no, 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 no. On Tuesday, he moved to make permanent protections for the undocumented children that are coming to the United States of America. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, uh, they can read down there in Central and South America, and they see when he makes moves like this, and what this does is it creates another surge at the border. I can't, I can't, I can't convey this enough to people. The best border protection is rhetoric and... The worst thing you can do for your border is the wrong rhetoric. It would be helpful if the president of the United States stepped up today and said, no, nobody else come here. There's officially a a big moat with alligators in it. Not that we need a big moat with alligators. That would be helpful. They would watch the TV and say, oh, I'm not going up there. Instead, what are we doing? We're constantly putting out the word, hey, open for business up here. Open for business. Now again we are we do have some good news out there. There is some hope out there. Florida's governor Ron DeSantis and I don't know the man personally. Florida's governor Ron DeSantis has just been nails. And I mean nails on issue after issue after issue. He's quite clearly setting himself up for a presidential run, but why do I care? The guy's been awesome. Here's Heavy D
4: encounters at the southwest border has skyrocketed from 78,000 in January to over 210,000 in July. Uh, That's a 171% increase. That's the highest monthly total in more than 20 years, and there's no sign of it slowing down. You have another 208,000 in August, uh, and that was again close to another record. The state of Florida is suing the Biden administration over its unlawful and destructive catch-and-release policy. Uh, thanks to Attorney General for leading that effort.
3: about that? That's how it's done. This is why I encourage you to move to the states, move to the states that will protect you. You still have some level of protection at the state level in this country, and you better thank God for that. What else they doing? He also signed an executive order that prohibits state agencies from resettling illegals in Florida and requires state agencies to gather information regarding the scope and cost of illegal immigration in Florida. He's thinking ahead. That's how it's done. Now, I'm not sure if you remember, but Joe Biden put Vice President Kamala Dome harris in charge of the border put her in charge of the border very very early on of course as soon as he realized the border was not looking that good that's when he was all dome get in here this whole thing you're in charge of it well she hasn't really been there remember she went down to guatemala for about 15 minutes and blamed it all on climate change and while all this was going on she was visiting with the school and agreeing with the students that israel sucks
1: just a few days ago there were funds allocated to
2: continue backing to Israel which hurts my heart because it's an ethnic genocide and the displacement of people, the same that happened in America and I'm sure you're aware of this and I feel like there's a lack of listening and I just feel like I need to bring this up because it affects my life and people I really care about's lives and this is just something that has to be I'm glad you
1: did. I'm glad you did and again this is about... The fact
3: that your voice, your perspective, your experience, your truth should not be suppressed. How these people talk, your truth? Gosh, just what a bunch of losers we have leading this country, I swear. (laughs) All right, we have a vaccine mandate unemployment problem, apparently. That's coming up next. Anyway, all that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, are you still dipping? Are you still smoking? No judgment for me. No judgment for me. I've had more dip through my lip than you can possibly count. Burn plenty of heaters, too. Try some Jake's Mint Chew. Just a suggestion. If you have a loved one who's dipping or smoking, skip the lecture. Buy them some Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew is tobacco-free. It's sugar-free. It's even nicotine-free. And yet, you get to have that dip. Or, may I suggest... The CBD pouches, they have four different flavors of these little CBD pouches. They really take that edge off and give you that fix. Jake'sMintChew.com. Use the promo code JESSE when you go there, though. That gets you 10% off. We'll be back. to
4: be vaccinated for us What is the percentage of total
0: vaccinations that happen in be age? Well, I think Look. I think we get the vast
4: majority like is going on in some of the some industries and some schools, six97, 98 percent. I think we go awful close. And uh but I'm not the scientist uh, uh, I think but one thing for certain, sure, a quarter of the country can't go so unvaccinated. And
3: that's not to you have a problem. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. And I know it's ridiculous, this stupid 97, 98% stuff, but that's our president. He's just so old and feeble and useless. I don't know. I don't know 97, I think. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. Oh, I'm so tired. That's how our president sounds at all times. Gosh, it's so terrible. And, and I should point out, that's the president getting... His third shot? That's weird. It's third shot. Oh, that's the president getting his booster shot. It's funny because I remember, I remember when everybody was lining up to get their vaccines, and I came on the air and I said, get your vaccine, don't get your vaccine, doesn't matter to me, I'm not not your doctor, make your own personal choice, it's totally up to you. Get it or don't get it, but please don't get it if you think getting it is going to cause these people to let you go they're never going to let you go there's not some goal you can reach that's why even then when he was asked about it he throws out some stupid number not even believable 97 98 will never get there and then even throws in the qualifier but i'm not a scientist they're never going to let you go not ever not ever you'll be lining up for your 10th booster shot telling yourself this is the one I'll be able to go to concerts after this. They're never going to let you go. And are we allowed to bring up things like breakthrough cases? Because uh, look, I I know when I turn on the news, what am I barraged by every day? On the news, on social media, you know what I get? I get 10,000 headlines and news stories. Unvaccinated person dies. Unvaccinated father dies. Unvaccinated dies. You know, all this propaganda, just piling right on the dead bodies just to, to push a message, right? Well, Are we allowed to talk about the other stuff? Harvard Business School, they just moved to online learning because they have so many... Breakthrough coronavirus cases. But I don't understand how that could be possible when 96% of their employees and 95% of their students are vaccinated. Hmm, that's weird. I mean, are we allowed to bring this up? Are we allowed to talk about stories that don't involve an unvaccinated person dying? Because we're also costing people their livelihoods and costing the healthcare system. Did you know in New York roughly 36,000 New York hospital staff workers going to lose their jobs, 593 United Airlines staff, 97,000 active duty members of the military. And remember, remember this is all for the public health, right? So we're firing nurses and pilots, we're firing cops. We're firing military personnel in the name of public health. Do you still think this is about a virus? Do you still think this is about coronavirus? Do you think it ever was about coronavirus? And I have to say, these companies racing to align themselves with the government and canning employees, you all disgust me. You disgust me. All right, we still got Charles Love coming up. But hey, flippingmadeeasy.com. While I'm talking to you, you can go on your phone if you want. Go to flippingmadeeasy.com. It's about flipping houses. And you may say to yourself, I'd love to flip houses. I don't have the first clue what I'm doing. Yeah, that's why they made flippingmadeeasy.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. Do you need vendors? Uh, I gotta put some brick in. Who do I have a brick guy around here? It's on flippingmadeeasy.com. You need articles from experts, people who do this for a, li- for a living. All on flippingmadeeasy.com. Do you need the flipping opportunities in your area? I mean, you may not even know where to look, what to look for. Also on flippingmadeeasy.com. Go. Go sign up for a platinum membership. Use the promo code Jesse and you'll get an extra something special. FlippingMadeEasy.com. Go start flipping some houses, make some money, enjoy yourself. We'll be back with Charles Love. But we love having him on. Joining me now, the host of The Charles Love Show and author of a book upcoming you need to get it's called race crazy blm 1619 and the progressive race movement joining me now charles love charles you're an education guy by the grace of god because we need a lot better education system in this country i have to play you this little bit from virginia last night they had their gubernatorial debate and i don't know whether terry McAuliffe sunk his campaign but he should have with this little number I believe parents should be
4: in charge of their kids' education. Mr. McCullough, 30 seconds. So, first of all, this shows how clueless Glenn Youngkin is. He doesn't understand what the laws were because he's never been involved here in helping Virginia. But it was not. The parents had to write to veto bills, veto books, Glenn, not to be knowledgeable about it, also take them off the shelves. And I'm not going to let parents come into schools and actually take books out and make their own decisions. You vetoed it, so to yeah. Our parents, I, you I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach.
3: Charles, I, I mean, I guess that maybe I should applaud Terry for saying the quiet part out loud. I love your video. I love the
0: clips you pick.
3: You know, um, I don't
0: know if I should be more upset about the, that madness or the smugness in which he delivered it. Like, this guy, <laughs> this guy, thinking parents can raise their kids. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I mean, my God! Oh, that was wow! But, but unfortunately, no, he didn't seek his campaign. No, didn't. Not in today's culture. Not when we're race crazy.
3: <laughs> okay, we are. We are. We're race crazy. We're we're very. We're crazy about seemingly everything right now. Uh, do you really think? Are there a bunch of parents out there? I'm sure the answer to this question is yes. Are there a bunch of parents out there who look at their kid and think, man, I don't want to be involved in their education at all. I just want the school to do it. Is that really? Do parents think like that? No,
0: it's worse. There's a bunch of parents out there that say, "What he said was a little crazy, but that other guy's got an R next to his name, so vote for him anyway. (laughs) So I don't know which is worse.
3: No, I, I don't know which is worse either. I, I, but I'll tell you, Charles, I see these homeschooling numbers going through the roof right now. I see people pulling their kids out of public schools, putting them in private charter schools, putting them in private education when they can afford it. I mean, I, I try to be as encouraging as possible with all the bad news out there. Aren't there good trends? There's good trends, but we have to keep fighting. We need to
0: keep the pressure on because here's what's happening. We know that these progressive races, in addition to that, they're power-hungry. They want control. So you have to keep keep two steps ahead of them. Because think of California. California had a push for homeschooling, and what did the governor do? He tried to squash homeschooling. It's like, fine, I'm going to put more regulations around it, tell you things you can't do. So we we need people to be awake and know what's going on, not woke, but also to understand that those that seek power don't want to relinquish it, so they're going to find other end arounds to come back at you. So be mindful of it. But yeah, there are some positive trends. More and more people are understanding what's going on.
3: Charles, you, you, bring up, you talk a lot about BLM and all these other losers out there. And I, the, 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 a stat came out yesterday, unsurprisingly, murder rate up 30% in the country over the last year during all that BLM nonsense. And what's frustrating me is, and I know I should just let this go, Everybody and their brother wanted to be Mr. Black People last year. Of I love Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter. Okay, well, th- there's no way around this, Charles. They're, they're, those are mostly black people who are dead because most of these come from the urban black areas. Black Lives Matter is directly responsible for thousands of black people dying. And I don't hear any one of these lily white progressives out there saying, oh, maybe I missed a mark on that. Uh, there's not another way around this unless I'm wrong. Well, a
0: good progressive racists will never apologize when they're wrong. So you won't hear that from them. They, they, they'll find, they'll spend, they, I saw a report where they admitted that, but they focus on, but, but, we estimate that at least 30 fewer blacks were shot by police. So that means, you know, it's a cost benefit that 5,000 dead, 30 less shot, it seems fair. You know, so, I mean, you're right that it's a problem. BLM is part of the problem, but when the people who buy my book will find that it's worse than that because I dig into what they actually believe and what they say and use their own words. And it's far worse than just defund the police and, you know, stuff like that. It's anti-capitalist, it's anti-men. It's all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's their quotes and their words, and it's, and it's anti-American. It's terrible.
3: Charles, obviously the leadership is exactly what you just described, just a bunch of communists. It's just communists dressed up by a different name, just like the climate change people and the feminists and everything else. I, I get all that. But there are a lot of people, uh, I'm not not under the impression everybody walking around with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on is a full-blown communist. I think a lot of people just didn't quite get what they were doing. Do you think they get it now? Do you think more people get it now? More people get get it now, but not
0: enough. I would say before it was probably 5%, now it's probably like 9%. When my book comes out, it'll be 18%, but it still won't be high enough. I think that you know, that's why my approach is different. I mean, people like you and other conservatives who are upset about what's going on and they're fiery, we need that. Uh, you have a large platform. But at some point, people need to, you know, take another approach and just say, okay, fine. You don't want to listen to me. You don't want to listen to Jesse because he's right wing. Here's their words. You tell me what you take them to mean because the conservatives are taking them out of context. What do you think? We are abolitionists and we want police departments across the country to be abolished.
3: What do you think that means then? Because that's. What I'm <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't wait for this book. All right, I've got to play for you uh, one of my favorite politicians out there. Because honestly, I'm not. I'm not lying. Kamala Harris actually impresses me because to rise to the level of vice president with no personality whatsoever is actually impressive. I think it's just like Nancy Pelosi. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is a movie character villain, and yet she's Speaker of the House. I think it's hilarious. And so here's Kamala Harris at George Mason.
1: We also need to deal with the fact that we need to have some national standards. So states like Texas and Georgia can't just go off and say, It's inhumane you can't give food or water to
3: people who are standing in line. Okay, it doesn't it doesn't even matter what she said there, Charles. How has she still never developed a personality? She's in her fifties at this point in time and there's nothing genuine about Kamala Harris. Nothing.
0: Well, there's nothing genuine, but she's got a personality. She's got the cackle, right? (laughs) That's that cackle. I mean, come please. I mean, she is a a walking hypocrisy. Everything she says, you know, it makes no sense. You know, I call the people, these these aggressive leftists, um, emotionally weak and intellectually lazy surface thinkers. Because too many people go too far and say these people are dumb. No, that's giving them credit. They're not dumb. She went to school. She learned a lot. She read some books. But she doesn't bother to think. Why Why? Why, would, why do that when I can emote? So what you get is just platitudes, fun words, angry, evil, bad. And then people just clap and cheer. It makes no sense. Food and water. Okay, here's the funny thing about that one quote. I'm not that old, but I've been voting for a couple decades here. No one has ever given me food and water when I was in line to vote. Nobody called those people. I never expected people to feed me and bring me a nice Chardonnay when I was in line to vote. I, I don't understand. Are, are, are we allowing seven-year-olds to vote now? What? What? So that's your big hang-up, is the fact that you can't bring a guy a ham sandwich while he's in line, so therefore you're racist and you're suppressing votes. This is ridiculous.
3: It is all right, Charles. You got a you got an article out, in, or not, ed in Newsweek, saying you spent the summer in the South, and everything we're told about racism is wrong. Okay, what did you learn? <laughs> I learned first of all let me say to all the
0: distractors who were crazy attacking me. I got a lot of positive uh responses. But some were like, so now you're saying the south is not racist? Uh of course there are people racist in the south. There are people racist in the north. I take my racists from the south. I, the, the racists who just say I don't want to be around blacks, so I'm going to go and segregate myself. I'll take that racist over the New York and Chicago racist who huh. put up signs and billboards to say we love you and, you know, hate has no home here. Cuz think about uh, all I don't think that these leftists are right in their approach but think about all these viral videos of man in park attacked by white woman always happens in New York and Chicago but I thought you said there was no racism there so my point was that people just treated you as humans when you were in the South people just said hi when I went by and went on about their business they didn't treat me better but they didn't, you know, say, Where, where's the rope? They went on about their lives. And I had, I wrote it because I have friends who live in the North who talk constantly about the racism in Chicago New York. It's so racist here. The system's racist. But then you talk about, you know, you should go visit the South. Oh, I'm not going down there. I'm afraid. They're racist. But you just said the people in your town are racist. So according to you, yeah. everyone's racist. So what's the difference? You know, I think that most people don't care. I think it's a, a a level of hubris. I think most too many black people just think whites go around talking about them all the time. I always say the joke to my white friends, I say, you know, black people think that you get off work on Friday, you pour a glass of wine, you go to your friend and family, you say, so, uh, black people, right? That's what they think you do. I'm like, most people are living their lives. They have issues to deal with. They have, you know, crazy people, governors like the guy in Virginia running. They don't have time to think about what you're doing. The country are, and the races who are racist don't want to be around you, so they're going away from you. So I just think it's wrong to think that the, all the South is is 1950
3: Selma. Yeah, see, I don't badmouth black people when I get off work. I just badmouth Charles Love. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> be good, man. Uh, Do you have a home? If you own a home, you have a home title. And look, I never even knew about this crime until I opened up my email one day and I'm looking at my home title and it has my signature and my wife's signature on it and it looks like, it's like somebody, did somebody hack into my home title? They did. All your home titles are online. As you sit here right now, you might already be a victim of home title theft. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com, they have a free offer for you right now. It's $100 value. HomeTitleLock.com. Go put in your address and see if you're already a victim of it. You might be. While you're there, sign up. Make sure you don't get burned. Make sure it doesn't ever happen to you. Believe me when I tell you, you don't want it to happen to you. All right.
4: We'll be right back with Drew Holden. In terms of the laptop, what I was able to find in, in the course of researching this book uh, is corroboration for parts uh, of, of this cache of leaked files, uh, including someone who had independent access uh, to Hunter Biden's emails for a time. Uh, says, yes, he did receive an email from a Burisma representative uh, thanking Hunter for the opportunity to meet his father. Uh, and yes, he did receive an email, including a proposed equity breakdown for a venture with some Chinese energy executives that included the line 10 held for H by the big guy. Uh, those were two of the most controversial alleged emails from last October's leak. Uh, and I was also able to, to authenticate some of the other emails that didn't make the news, uh, but that just showed that there is at least uh, some authentic material in this.
3: Man, that is some awesome hard-hitting journalism this this could cost joe biden the election joining me now to talk about that and other things my buddy drew holden he's a writer for commentary drew uh, that is some awesome hard-hitting journalism except it seems like it's the wrong year drew
5: you would think right i mean if this story had broken i don't know maybe exactly a year ago i'm sure it would have made a lot of waves so long as it was politico who was saying that it was legit rather than politico saying that actually uh, someone else who got this scoop was was just pushing uh, russian misinformation
3: i would encourage people and i don't do this very often on the show i would encourage people to go check out drew's twitter account where he does these long threads that are i mean it it The media has to hate your freaking guts, Drew. You did a long one about how the media did everything in their power to tamp down this story, to completely ignore this story. I think a lot of people forget when this story dropped from the New York Post, credit to them, Twitter banned the New York Post Twitter account for a time.
5: That's right. They banned their account. And not only that, you couldn't even share the link to their story... (laughs) either on Twitter or even in DMs. You couldn't send someone a DM with this story. It, it was anathema. It was, it, it was completely forbidden across the entire website. And, you know, it was interesting, too, because the media and big tech really did play one off the other because Twitter took some heat for banning the post, and then they pointed to all this other coverage, and they're like, look, they're, they're spreading misinformation. This was never true to begin with. And then media sources would turn around and say, look, Twitter has banned this information. Obviously, it isn't legitimate. And and valid and verified, and so what you end up with is you have countless outlets, along with Democrats and other blue checks across Twitter, going full bird, saying one hundred percent this is a lie, it is Russian disinformation. James Clapper called it textbook Soviet Russian trade craft. <laughs> and now an a year later, the mainstream press has confirmed it. The most explosive details. Um, I will also point out that when the original story broke. It was two weeks before the election. Uh, just you may be familiar with how that election panned out, but uh, I, I, I can't help but think that maybe if this had gone a little bit differently, we, we might be looking at something different.
3: Well, Drew, I mean, you bring it up. We have the exit polls. They're out there of people who saying they didn't know about the Hunter Biden story. And if they had known about the Hunter Biden story, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. If memory serves me, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. I think it was 6% of the voters who voted for Joe Biden more than enough to flip this election the other way, which brings me to my point here. We are in a time where it endless, endless access to information, or at least there should be. Right. And yet there is a portion of this society that is so misinformed, to use an overused word today, so misinformed, they live in an alternate reality, Drew, and they have no idea.
5: I I think that's right. And, you know, I I think one of the things that really stood out to me from this entire, you know, reporting your post fiasco was NPR, right? A station that's listened to by lots and lots of people across the country, many of whom I would imagine a decreasing number of whom, but many of whom believe that it's kind of this independent and valid journalism. Their uh, their PR office actually put out a statement explaining why they weren't talking about the story. They said, and I'm quoting here, that they didn't want to waste the listeners' and readers' time on stories that are just distraction. That's <laughs> oh, how they framed this entire story. It wasn't just, ah, hey, the story came out and we're not sure about it. We're still investigating some of the details. We're trying to independently corroborate it. No. It was, we are refusing, refusing to give this story about corruption for one of the two people running for the highest office in the world. We refuse to give it any oxygen, and we're not even going to die.
3: Drew, I mean, it leads me to why this stuff is so damaging. I mean, I understand Hunter Biden's personal life is not great. And frankly, that's not my business, and I don't care. If he wants to go sure. have a, a coke and a smile with a bunch of European hookers, that's his business. <laughs> but sure. if he is invested, if China's invested in him, if they have their hooks in him, then that's really close proximity to the president of the United States of America. And I don't know about Joe Biden. There's not much I wouldn't do to help or save one of my sons. This is a big deal. And he still wasn't divested from China.
5: Exactly. Yeah. And so we recently just had a story break that he had. He's got about a 10 percent equity share in a Chinese company. But I think what really kills me about these emails, too, is it isn't just about Hunter Biden. Right. I'm sure you remember Tony Bobolinski, a former business partner of Hunter Biden. He had a sit down interview with Tucker Carlson where he talked about this 10% held for the big guy. Right. And I think anecdotally, we all kind of assumed that's got to be Joe Biden. This email that, of course, was disputed as non-legitimate as Russian disinformation, you name it. This was one of the emails that this reporter from Politico was able to independently confirm and verify. We know this was a real email that was sent to Hunter Biden. Who I who is the big guy? We still don't have an answer to that. And so I agree with you, it's incredibly important if the son of the president is compromised by a, by a country that has no goodwill towards us. But I think it's even more important to get to the bottom of What has Joe Biden, the president of the United States, what is his involvement and exposure to all of this information? Because it sure looks like it's a lot higher than zero.
3: It does. And Drew, would you mind dumbing it down for those of us like me who have a really, really bad memory? What is what does it appear Joe Biden's involvement is? You just brought up the email, 10 percent for the big guy. Okay, that looks like a blatant payoff. Refresh my memory on the Burisma
5: stuff. Sure. So um, the Burisma stuff, for uh, I think it was about 14 months, Hunter Biden sat on the board of a Ukrainian company called Burisma. Um, He was being paid $80,000 a month to consult. They're a mining company. Uh, They do (laughs) mining, land management, things like that. He's got no experience in any of them. One of the emails that was confirmed was from an executive of Burisma who thanked Hunter Biden for help getting him a face-to-face email with then-Vice President Joe Biden. We, we know we know that he made that happen. We, we've got it right there in the emails. We've got the thank you thread going back. So that's point one about Burisma. The other interesting point here, the 10% for the big guy, this is in reference to a, a, a deal with a Chinese company that Joe Biden's brother, Jim, who has all sorts of interesting, curious ties. Uh, and has for a number of years where he's essentially trading on the family name and his brother's role. He's been doing this since back when he was in the Senate. He's made a lot of money lobbying and doing other things as a result of that. He and Hunter were working to get this deal with it with a Chinese company that's connected to the Chinese Communist Party. And there was an email that, again, has been authenticated, has been verified as an email that went to Hunter Biden where he talks about holding a 10% cut of that equity in this deal for the big guy. We still don't know definitively, I suppose, who the big guy is. But it's... I think it really does beggar belief to think that that could be anyone other than Joe Biden, given the surrounding context around it.
3: Golly, it is amazing. Drew, please keep doing what you do. Actual real journalism. Go read all of his stuff at commentary. Thank you, my brother. Pleasure's mine. Thank you, sir. Is... I mean, look, frankly, you know I've talked about it a million times. I don't talk about it enough... It is a big deal the president of the united states of america the evidence looks like it looks like he's compromised by communist china this administration is so corrupt and awful gosh all right we have a great light in the mood next but first you know we have an app the first tv it's an amazing app and it's free and actually that rhymes and I didn't even mean to do that. It's just a skill. What do you want me to tell you? But go download the First TV app. You can watch it live all day long or you can watch your favorite shows. Obviously, that's going to be mine on demand whenever you want. In all seriousness, any of your favorite shows, all of our great talent, Buck, Dana, Bill, all of it, Mike, all of it. First TV app. Go enjoy. We'll be back with Light in the Mood. All right, it's time to lighten the mood, and I'll be honest with you. Ever since I've watched Crocodile Dundee when I was a kid, I've wondered if I could wrestle a crocodile or an alligator. But then I've been up close to him in zoos and stuff like that, actually out in the wild when I'm fishing, and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, no, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. So when I saw this dude take down an alligator with the trash can as he's in bedroom slippers or flip-flops, I've gotta say, made me feel less about myself. Right there?
4: <laughs> hey, let me know the hand going inside. Let me know. Uh, Somebody let me know the hand going yeah. of the thing. I got you,
3: What a stud. That was amazing. All right. I'll see you tomorrow.
2: and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Moson.
3: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
1: your podcasts.
5: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple.